Okie dokie, burgers and smokies. Hey everyone, happy Thursday, everyone's favorite day of the week. My name is Carissa Harrison, and if you didn't know already, which if you are not an old, incompetent woman, you already know you are listening to Meet My Mess podcast. The podcast where we talk about all the messiest parts of life. Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I'm going to give it out to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. What's it called? Meet my mess. I hope that you guys have had a great week. I've been in great spirits this week, honestly. So we'll just jump right into the weekly check-in because I've had a week, honestly. So I went on a first date this week with a man who was 33, which is quite old for me, to be honest. Um, Oldest guy I've gone on a date with, actually. He was 6'4" dark hair, blue eyes, gladiator of a man, a Russian immigrant. Um, So sexy. We had a great date. He brought me flowers when we met up. He brought me incense, which if you haven't heard my episode with my mom, where I talk about not wanting flowers on a first date, I take that back because when he brought me flowers on this date, I thought it was literally the cutest thing ever. I was so stoked. I was like, wow, that's so thoughtful. He literally bought me gifts before I've even met. I was enthralled to say the least. Um, We had like a really interesting first date in my mind. I was like, wow, this is so unique. It's something we'll remember forever. I, as the stupid bitch I am, lost my phone for two and a half hours. And this sweet Russian man helped me find it. He was calling my phone like 35 plus times. We were walking all around town to find it, asking all the locals and everything. Just, he was so nice. I was like, who, what kind of person literally would help for two and a half hours me find my phone? Well, I later found out the reason he was so desperately trying to help me find my phone in this moment is so that he would not have to somehow return it to me in the future because he was the one that was calling my phone. Uh, So eventually whoever had my phone would probably call that number back, whatever. Um, I pretty much fell in love with this man. I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for. An older guy, he's mature, he's respectful, he's sweet, he's sexy. To say the least, he did not fall in love with me. I get home feeling amazing. I was feeling on cloud nine. We didn't kiss, but I was like, that's okay because it was a stressful situation. We were looking for the phone. It just wasn't really the right moment on our next date. We'll kiss. I get a text when I get home and he says, hope you find what you're looking for. All the best, Carissa. At that point, I was a little pissed. I honestly haven't gotten rejected in a very long time. And this is not me saying I'm not able to get rejected. It's because I do not allow myself to even get close enough in a position to get rejected. Unless a man is absolutely enthralled with me up my ass and perfect to me on paper, a lot of the time, 
if I just like have any inkling that he's going to go the other way, I will make sure I will ghost him first. I will ditch him first. There is zero way I am getting rejected. So I think that this date was progress for me because I finally, for the first time in years, didn't self-sabotage and allowed myself to get rejected. And I'm telling this story because I think that we are all kind of get really embarrassed when we get rejected. But like, think about how many times you just haven't been interested in someone. Sometimes you just don't feel it. Sometimes there's just not compatibility and that doesn't take away from who you are as a person or how great you are and how great someone else will think you are. But rejection's a normal part of life. You go on dates to see if it will work out. And in this case, I unfortunately got rejected. Um, so your piece of ass advice for the week is to keep going on dates. By doing this, you're learning to become better at dating, learning how to show the most authentic version of yourself, not trying to hide things or you just get more comfortable. You're less awkward. You're more confident in yourself. Dating can be fun if you let it. Um, and also second piece of ass advice. Well, this just ties on to the last one is um, by keep going on dates, you're going to be able to find out what you do and don't like in someone. And a lot of the times I find when I go on dates, I find things in people that I didn't like that I had no idea were deal breakers for me or vice versa. I find I meet people who I never thought were like we didn't have common interests, um, whatever it may be. And you find that their stories are interesting. You have some sort of connection with them. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I was thinking about one of my best friends and we literally could not be more different. I don't think we have one common interest, but somehow it just works, you know? Like there's people you meet and they could come from absolute different worlds and you just click. Now I'm going on a tangent, so I'm going to move on. The second thing I want to say before I get into this week's topics is I'm really pissed off with the fashion trends right now. Not pissed off, because I think the fashion trends we have right now are cute. But let me tell you, they are not for girls with tatas above size. Mm. Even saying a C is pushing it. I think that all the fashion trends right now are for girls with A and B cups. You want to try and see me tie a fucking bikini upside down around my triple D tits? No fucking way. I'm going to jump off one cliff. I'm going to do throw my arms up in the air once and my tits will be flashed to the entire universe. Um, I don't like the idea that low rise jeans are coming back around. Um... I love the fashion trends that are coming out, but fuck, like I cannot pull any of them off. And when I go out in public these days, I'm like, wow, I'm so out of, I'm so out of style. But it's really just because I don't feel fucking confident at all in any of these fashion trends that only work on certain bodies. So another reminder to just wear that makes what makes you feel most confident. That will portray to others. Okay. So I've been taking a little bit of advice on maybe talking more about things I'm knowledgeable about other than 
getting a dick in my vagina and railed from behind because apparently some people think that might make me look uh, unintelligent or um, uncultured or uneducated, which to those people I say, go fuck yourselves. But if you want to see that a girl can't, who can enjoy sex, talk about sex on a public platform, swear, party, and still talk about intellectual subjects, well, here you go. So something I've been personally struggling with right now is, um, I hate when I say um, it literally makes me want to shoot myself in the fucking face. But I digress. I have been struggling a lot right now with starting my career. As you guys know, I just graduated college, but I am getting into the swing of things. I've learned a couple of things in the last couple of weeks about how to grow money and all that. I do have a business education. Take that as you will. If you think that that is a qualification, that means you should take my advice. That's up to you. If you choose to take advice from an unemployed girl that's 22, that is also on you. But I will say the tips I'm going to give are pretty good tips, I think, and can really help anyone. So don't count out the young girl before you listen to what I have to say. Uh, And there'll be some really fucking funny questions at the end that you guys need to hear the answers to. So stay tuned. Um, But yeah, so I'm just going to wrap, like, collect yourself. I'm going to just kind of rattle off some tips, discuss a couple tips. And the first one is you need to look at what are your natural core strengths when you are deciding on a career. And this might not be the most obvious things such as I'm a good writer or I'm a good, I don't know, I'm good at math, you know, like those are the kinds of things you would maybe think of initially. But the things I'm talking about are more of like personality traits, I would say. So you need to look at if you are a creative person or if you are more of a science or business oriented person. You need to look at, okay, so this is just a personal example for me. I know I'm pretty good at. I guess not debating, but proving, finding a defense for any point. You know, I'm pretty good at convincing people that I'm right, even though a lot of the time I have no clue what I'm talking about. So for me, that kind of transpired into podcasting. Uh, For me, that could look like getting a job in PR or law or something like that. I guess if you are good, If you are great with time management, planning, and you're a creative person, maybe something like event planning is for you. Or just take, write a list, write a list of five to 10 things that you think are your strongest qualities in terms of personality or, yeah, just your overall aura and look at those and kind of think about what careers would encompass those qualities um yeah what positions would allow you to use those strengths and 
yeah, I think for me, that's really, really been helpful in finding a career, especially when I have passions elsewhere, I guess. The next tip I want to give is you also need to look at what you want out of a career, obviously. Do you want to travel? Is commuting a big issue for you? Do how important is salary to you? If you have money coming in elsewhere, maybe you just want a career that makes you happy. Uh, Do you want stable work, something with longevity? Do you want something with a retirement plan? These are all things you have to consider when you're picking a career. But also, you can always change your career, you know, just because you start somewhere doesn't mean you can't move somewhere else literally in the drop of a hat. I think that people get really attached to their careers because they get nervous to try something different. They just like to stay where they are. And that's ignoring a whole, whole plethora of possibilities that you could reach. I'm getting off track because I want to touch on that point again later. But back to uh, what you want out of a career. This is honestly one of the most important things, in my opinion. Just you don't understand how important like team morale, being able to use your creativity is in a job or anything like that. Just for me personally, I could never work in a job where I like work on a fucking assembly line or some shit putting like, like, oh my gosh, literally working at Amazon. Nothing sounds worse to me. Nothing, nothing in the entire world sounds worse. I think I would rather be in prison for the rest of my life than work at Amazon. No joke. Not even a lie. At least I could like socialize. I could meet some different people. I wouldn't be working with effing robots all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else I want to say on that? I think that that's kind of it. I feel like today's going to be a quick episode as I always say, I always say, oh, I'm flying through this. This is going to be a quick episode. And then we get to the point where I edit it and it's always like perfectly an hour. So I guess I'm just really, really good at predicting time. Want to know something crazy? I can tell what time of day it is based on where the sun is. I feel like a lot of people can maybe do that, but let me know. Write in and tell me if that's something other people can do. I think it's super important to be able to do that as I'm doing this weird hand motion with my hands. All right, moving on. I'm delusional as per usual. I biked like 17K with my friends yesterday and then just woke up and started recording. So I am definitely a little tired today. The next point I want to make is the classic multiple streams of income. We've all heard this before. We all know it's important to have money coming in from multiple places if we want to make a good a good living for ourselves, honestly, just having one job is not going to put you in the top whatever of salary, like whatever incomes. Um, it's really important to have revenue coming in from multiple different places, whether that be OnlyFans, whether that be selling something from home, whether that be starting a podcast that is monetized for me. I don't get that option because I'm in fucking Canada. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. 
<laughs> if you're watching right now, my hat. I I am really getting off track today. All right, that's we're not even gonna get into that. We're just gonna move on. Uh, saved an extra money is better spent sitting in stocks or in some sort of investment fund than in a savings account. Honestly, when your money is in a savings account, we've all had those situations where all of a sudden $150 is gone from your savings and you just have no idea why you look like start to randomly scroll on your bank statement and you'll see like negative $150 coming from the bank. and You have no re- idea where that's coming from. Usually it's some sort of fee you don't know about some sort of contract you sign. You have no idea about, trust me, extra money is better spent in an investment because at least if you're going to have sitting money, it's going to be working for you is going to be doubling, tripling, increasing, hopefully. And if you get to a point where you really need that money, you can always take your investments out. Uh, yes, multiple streams of income is so, 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 so important. Unfortunately, you can't have a, like a really stable household like it used to be with just one income. Like now it's really hard for single moms, single dads to sustain lives for their kids and sustain a household without these multiple streams of income. It's unfortunate, but it's the reality. So all you youngins start putting any, like an extra $500,000, start putting that into investments. Um, I'm not personally like an investment expert. I don't know a lot about stocks and investing, but I, w- I will, if that's something you guys are interested in, I'll try and find a guest who can teach us more about investing because it's something that I really want to know more about too. Uh, the next thing I want to say, which I kind of already, already, that is ridiculous. Maybe I like need speech therapy. It's really weird when I come on this podcast, I really start to lose my words in real life. I'm actually quite well-spoken, composed, but I think I just want to get my points out and I get so excited that I start talking so fast and I start, my mind starts racing. I just want to tell you guys everything that's going on my mind. I just want to let you guys know all of my thoughts that I stumble over my words sometimes. So I'm trying to take it a little more slow, but I hope that doesn't come off as less enthusiastic because I'm still so happy to be here. Okay. The next thing that I said I was going to touch on, don't settle, keep looking for that next step in your career. If your career is no longer serving you, if you're not happy, if it's not checking off those boxes that I mentioned before that you initially wanted a job that you can travel, a job that you have a good salary, a job that you have a good retirement plan. Keep looking. On average, people change their careers three times throughout their life, if not more. So just because you have a job doesn't mean, whoa, doesn't mean that you can't keep looking for another job. It's not that hard to just like apply to a couple jobs every day and just like see what's out there. Just don't settle. We spend so much. I'm literally going to look it up right now. So many of our hours of our lives working and yet so many of us just settle in a position that makes us miserable. How many hours do humans 
god, I'm a shit typer with one hand. Spend working. Let's see. Okay, that's not what I wanted to know. Okay, one third of your life is spent working. That's insane. That actually makes me want to disintegrate into the earth and never come back. I hate working. But since we have to, our stupid society, we had to get rid of trading and gathering and we had to evolve and start using currency and all that. And now we all have to work and now we're all little robots. And since that's a society we live in, we might as well pick a job that makes us somewhat happy and gives us the benefits that we desire in a career. Timothy wants to come say hi. Uh, okay. And in addition to that, we need to keep our passion projects alive. Those are the things that make working seem not so difficult. That is what often takes off for us in the end is the thing that we're the most passionate about because it doesn't really feel like work as much as a hobby or a passion. So my greatest advice is even if you don't have the time to fully or the resources to fully throw yourself into your passion project, please keep it up. You will be so shocked what you can accomplish once you just start something. That's the hardest part is honestly just starting. It's so easy to sit in your head and think about, oh, what are people going to think about this? Or to kind of stop halfway when things aren't going or aren't moving as quickly as you'd like them to, or you have friends doing the same thing and and they're having quote unquote success earlier than you. It's so easy to beat yourself down and blame yourself and give yourself all these reasons why your project won't work out, but no one is more critical of ourselves than ourselves. So no matter how bad or not up to par you might think that your project is or how you might think you are not good enough for to make it in whatever world you're trying to make it in, other people are going to appreciate your work more than you even appreciate it yourself. So please, if that's any, if I can give you any piece of advice, it's don't give up on your passion projects. They're what make you unique. They're what make you you. They're what make you joyful. They're what bring you purpose in life. Uh, We really over, what's the saying? We overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and we underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. And I think that that is something we all should think about more. I'm personally so quick to beat myself up. I have this list on my wall of things I want to accomplish this year. And last year, I think I only got maybe like four of the 16 accomplished. They were massive, massive, massive goals. But I got four of the 16 accomplished. And for me, I looked at that and I was like, wow, I didn't do shit this year. (laughs) But then when you look at the grand scheme of things, you see really how much you did and how much you were even accomplishing things that you didn't even know you were accomplishing. 
whether that be personally or career-wise, we're always growing and evolving. If we're not, you're stuck. Uh, Yeah, and if you don't continue on with your passion projects, you're always going to wonder, and that's no way to live. I've met so many, pretty much everyone I've met that's a little bit older than me, like ancestors, family members, ancestors, fuck off. I haven't met my ancestors, family members and all that, um, who have just told me they really, really, really always regret not pursuing something. And I've even been a, not a victim of this. What am I going to say? A perpetrator? No, that's not the word I'm looking for. What it is? Was it? What is it? I've been, I've been guilty of doing this myself, I guess. I had a dream of becoming a professional dancer and I've totally kind of, I haven't totally given up on that dream, but right now it's something I've just kind of left behind because there's all of these excuses as to why I can do it. I'm going to be too old. My body can't physically do it anymore. If I wasn't able to fully make it when I was 18 in my prime, I don't think I ever will now. I have all these excuses for myself, but Even if you think it's too late, there's always a way to make it work in some capacity, even if it's not how it would typically look on paper or in the movies or on TV or how you think it should look. Just keep up with your projects, even in some capacity, because you will see growth will come from it. Whether that be career-wise or personally, you will grow from continuing your passion projects. Hallelujah. Reach out to people you know. Seems awkward as fuck. I hate doing it too. I've had to do this a lot lately and it makes me really uncomfortable. I know it seems like you are asking a lot for someone. You don't want someone to feel like, oh, I have to give them this position. Oh, I have to offer this position to them. Or you don't want to put someone out by asking for them to literally pass your name on, to have one small conversation. And as much as it may feel uncomfortable and awkward and useless, and it might just feel easier to go apply to every job on Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever it is, the people you know and your connections are always happy to help. Especially if you're a kind, good, work, hardworking person. And if you're not, you have bigger fish to fry than finding a job honestly uh yeah people are happy to help surprisingly I think that people also like working with people they already know that they have some sort of good preconceived notion of for me personally that's what's been the most what I've seen the most traction and progress with in finding What my perfect career is for me is just reaching out to the connections I have, people who are in industries I admire, people who have careers I admire, and asking if they have any employment opportunities, if they have any advice, even if you don't think, even if you don't think you're qualified, still ask, still mention it. It really can't hurt you. The worst you're going to get is a, sorry, I really wish I could help you, but we're not looking for anyone right now. And then that's the end of the conversation. Business is a doggy dog world. It doesn't always have to be so emotional. 
you sometimes just need to make moves that feel a little awkward and uncomfortable in order to progress. It's just part of the business world, honestly. If that's why, honestly, like massive assholes and narcissists and dicks become some of the most successful business people in the world because they don't have that empathy to worry about what everyone else is thinking about their ideas or worry about other people's feelings. They're just worried about the project at hand or the product at hand. And if your goal is to be just rich, I don't know, take a look. (laughs) Uh, Also, I would say reach out to companies that aren't hiring companies that you would love to work for and admire it can't hurt again reaching out to dream jobs you never know what could happen for me personally I've reached out to like 50 companies that I would love to work for and uh maybe my email got lost in the mail but I haven't heard any replies back but maybe they'll work better for you (laughs) I've just heard that working out for a lot of people for me personally maybe I've been shooting too high but hasn't worked I'm gonna keep sending those emails though and making those phone calls and hopefully one day someone will just be feeling generous and in a good mood and think, wow, that girl seemed really nice. And then they'll just be fucking stuck with me. So yeah, keep reaching out. Don't give up on yourselves. That's kind of, oh, last thing. It's never too late to start a new career or your the career you're passionate about or start a new business. There are so many successful people that start later in life that do amazing. Bill Gates, Julia Child, Betty White. No, I did not Google these names prior to the podcast. Um, but I would also argue that if you're starting a business venture later in life, I would argue that you actually have more wisdom and more knowledge of life itself. And you have more general, it's unfair, but generally you have more respect if you are older because you've lived more life, you've had more experiences. So I would argue that starting a business in your later years could really go a lot better than if you were to do it in your 20s and all that, because honestly, we have no clue what we're talking about. We're just doing our best. trying our hardest and figuring it out as we go. But later in life, you're probably a little bit more acclimatized to the world, ready to make those moves. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of all I had to say on business tips or tips for starting your career. If you're in that weird lull, and if you are in that weird place in your career, you just graduated college or you lost a job or you're in a whatever, a job transition, whatever it may be. Don't stress too much. I know it's easy to feel really overwhelmed and like the walls are closing on on you, like you're on a time crunch to find something, but everything always works out in the end. And I don't know. It's hard to say. Just like, don't just try not to stretch because being frustrated because you are not finding the perfect career for you is not going to make you find the perfect career for you. So just try and stay calm. Enjoy the time you have to yourself to 
learn to grow, uh, to start those passion projects, to learn about investing or something along those lines so that you can make some more money and also don't just like sit around and not try to get a job because that's also not going to do you any good. Not something's not just going to fall on your lap. You still need to get out there and grind and look for something, but don't stress yourself out. We're in a really weird climate right now with the pandemic and everything. Jobs are scarce. If you're coming out of university when jobs are scarce because of the pandemic, you have an extra barrier. I have talked to so many people, so many friends that are just having these absolute mental breakdowns because they can't find work. They feel like a failure. They feel, and I feel that way too. You feel like a lazy piece of shit because you don't have consistent work. You spent four years getting a degree, working your ass off, and just to end up in what seems like the exact same place you started in. But trust me, those years will serve you in some way. Just keep pushing forward, looking onwards and upwards, and you're going to get there. Everything will work out. If not, there's always prostitution. (laughs) Just kidding. That was, I don't know if that was a funny joke. I feel like that was one of those things that like 10 years down the road, they'll fucking put me on, I don't know, whatever world star exposed me. So many things I've said on this podcast, I'm going to, I know I could get canceled for one day, but freedom of speech, right? All right. Now I want to move on to questions, questions on my podcast. So if you guys want to write in questions, you can send them to me on the Meet My Mess podcast Instagram or just send them to me anywhere. DM me anywhere. I'm still working on getting up a website. I've been a bit of a POS on that one because I just really don't want to design myself a website. But slowly, I'm working on it. And when it's up, you guys can ask your questions there. But I actually do have an email. So maybe for the podcast. So yeah, next pod. I'll make sure to post that on my story and I'll put it in my bio on the Instagram. I think it actually already might be. So check that out and you can also send me questions there. I'll find them. This podcast really isn't that big. So I'll find your questions if you send them to me. But the first, I also do put like a story up each week asking for questions. So stay tuned for that. Damn, I think I'm losing my voice, but the show must go on. Speaking of which, what is your favorite movie genre? Musicals, no questions asked. This is not up for discussion, in my opinion. They bring a cheer to this cold, cold world that is almost unrealistic. And it brings you to a place of euphoria, of beautiful life and light that we do not get in the real world. Musicals have been my saving grace. If you don't respect theatrical masterpieces like Annie, Mamma Mia, Wicked, Grease, you can absolutely unsubscribe to this podcast. I can't, I really can't explain my love for musicals. It's, it really just bursts out of me. And I know it's really not on brand for me, but I really, really, really love musicals. If a guy, oh gosh, 
If a guy took me to a musical on a first date marriage, we would get married the next day. If he proposed to me after the musical, I would say yes. Because you just don't meet a man that's into musicals. Damn, maybe I really do like gay guys. Something to think about. But yes, musicals are by far my favorite genre. Fun fact, I've never seen a superhero movie, not one. I grew up with a single mom. She didn't show me superhero movies. She's even girlier than I am. Not really that girly, but still. Uh, Oh, fuck. I almost broke my bong. That would suck. But I didn't. But yes, musicals are the simply the best music genre. Comedies follow closely second. Late night comedies, preferably. Stuff like Superbad. I don't know. That's all I can think of right now. I didn't come prepared with late night comedy examples. Stuff like This is the End. Those are all great leaf. The Hangover. I need to get my feet. I'm acting a little too chill for what I'm doing right now. I got my feet up. I'm knocking the camera around. I'm getting comfy. I have a blanket. My dog's sitting right here. Who the hell do I think I am? Alex Cooper? That was a stupid joke. Moving on. I might have to edit that out. That was really embarrassing. Build us your dream man. This is so fun. I love this question. So I guess we'll just go into both physicality and um, personality-wise. If I could build my dream man, realistically, I probably will not actually ever meet this man. And if I ever did meet this man, he probably would not love my ginger ass. So quick head scratch. My microphone on. Thank God. My dream man would be six, around six, probably six, two, honestly. This again, don't get offended. This is not me saying I wouldn't date guys that are under six foot. I actually would. It's just me. If I could literally like go into a factory and be like, build my boyfriend, this is what I would want. I would want a six, two man with tattoos. Ideally, a British accent, also a Irish, Scottish, or Australian, or South African, or those are like the best accents. Yeah, I'll take one of those accents. I will take any accent, however. German accents, also weirdly sexy to me. I don't know what it is. They kind of sound like South African accents to me. I know that's weird, but just listen. If you ever put a South African and a German in a room, I've been in a room with a South African and a German, and they really, really talk the same. I'm just saying. Uh, Those accents are good. All accents. A man with any accent. Six, two man with any accent covered in tattoos. We can do without the piercings. We can... I like... Dress, I'm open to anything. You can dress how you like, but just be like a little bit self-aware and stylish. No worker jeans, no disgusting hoodies. Just look put together. I don't really care what you wear. 
if you can't do it yourself, I, I can do it for you. Uh, what else would I want? Hair color doesn't really matter. Blonde or brunette. Ideally not ginger just because people tend to think when a ginger dates a ginger that you're related and therefore it kind of makes me feel like we're related and it kind of freaks me out. So I don't really like ginger men, but however, I do find a man with dark, like, or like brown hair and like a gingery beard. Oh yeah. That's sexy. A man who I like a nature man, someone who likes the outdoors, who is down to earth, but who is also driven in the business world. I know that that is a large ask, but I like both those things. So, and I know there are tons of guys out there who like those things. So someone who likes nature and the earth and also likes business and working hard and just like being a fucking legend. Which is probably why I end up dating narcissists. Something to journal about. What else? Okay, now personality-wise, let's move on to that. I want someone with a bit of perspective. For me personally, my mom says I need someone with a kind of like a white picket fence childhood. I disagree. My friends also say I kind of need someone with a state more who had a more stable childhood. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't really agree. I think for me personally, I like someone who's a little bit rough around the edges or has had some tough life experiences because I feel like we are more attuned with each other. We have more to talk about and we understand each other more if we have had more similar life experiences. So for me, I do like someone who has seen a little bit of adversity, I guess, in their life. It's a great connecting point for me and for people, I think. So uh, personality-wise, I like someone who is very kind with other, for, to others. That's huge for me. If you're rude to the waiter, the waitress, absolutely get out of my face. If you are like, just like talking rude about like homeless people and stuff like that, it's disgusting to me. Again, get out of my face. Just someone who naturally, genuinely has good heart who is willing to, I don't know, give a couple dollars to the person actually like dancing or singing on the streets and working. That's like so attractive to me is just people who are actually good humans at heart. Obviously someone who respects me, I've been absolutely disrespected in the past. So someone who respects me is huge. Uh, Someone who can kind of take my sense of humor my sense of humor can come off quite, how do I explain it? I make a lot of jokes that some people like could not find that funny sometimes, like about jokes about things that really actually pertain to people's lives. And if you don't have the same sense of humor to me, it's not funny. I think with my friends and stuff, they know that I always really come for a good from a good place because when my friends do need me I am there like through and through and through so I think they know it comes from a good place but my my sense of humor can be quite dark so I need someone who can handle that and kind of give it back as well things that aren't supposed to be funny are kind of funny sometimes so yeah I'm trying to think yeah just like kind of an active person someone who is excited about life ready to see life and someone who's just it's just easy with relationships 
are going to have hard times, but they don't need to always be hard work. So yeah, I would say that those are the main things. I could honestly go on forever about my dream person, but no one really gives a fuck. Okay. (laughs) So this last question, it says most embarrassing moment. And then underneath it, I wrote, tell the story that comes most naturally, because honestly, I have embarrassed myself more, really more than anyone I have ever met, maybe more than anyone on this planet. And so just a plethora, a absolute novel of stories comes to mind. And it's hard for me to decide which one to tell. But I think that one that is just really screaming to me right now is when I was a younger, okay, I was not young. I was probably like 15, 16, still a dancer. And when, if you were a competitive dancer or performer or anything like that, you know that if you, in competition, sometimes you have maybe four to six minutes to run, sprint out off stage, run, change all of your clothing, your hair, your makeup. You have literally zero time. You are sprinting, freaking out, sweating balls. And then you sprint back onto the stage and you go do your dance and you just get into the mode. And it's like this adrenaline rush. It seems impossible, but you always get it done, especially when you have freaking miss Bella, whoever yelling at you to hurry up and that you're going to miss your, your time and you're going to ruin the show for everyone. So you're sprinting, you're rushing. I don't know where I was going with this. Oh yes. Uh, I one time was in that position where I went from one costume to another. And the second costume I had was if you guys know like what stage dance or musical theater is, it is kind of like the stuff you see on Broadway. It is not so kicks, leaps, turns. So the piece I was performing next, it was more of a theatrics piece. It wasn't so much actual dancing. And so in my head, I was like, okay, you're not even going to be kicking or anything. You don't need underwear. So I put on my pencil skirt, my costume and everything. I do the whole piece. And we get to maybe the last 30 seconds and I do this move where I need to show you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to show, but basically I just like opened my legs so wide and like sat, sat there like this for like two seconds doing like whatever I was doing. And then all of a sudden you see me go because I remember that I have no fucking underwear on. So if you ever feel like you've had an embarrassing moment, I might have flashed my 16-year-old vagina. Well, actually not might have. I did flash my 16-year-old vagina to an audience of mothers, fathers, grandparents, grandmas, talent scouts, little children. You could have thought it was a sex show. Oh my God. So embarrassing. I came off the stage. I was just holding it together, trying not to cry because I knew if I cried or if that I mentioned that this happened, someone was going to talk about it. Someone was going to talk to me about it. And I just couldn't talk about it. I needed to forget this moment for the rest of my life because 
Yeah, I don't think I was shaved either. It was probably just full on ginger bush to a whole audience. Well, actually, maybe that's better. Maybe it was a little more covered. Who knows? Hopefully, I was gonna say hopefully no one saw, but like, obviously someone fucking saw. Thank you for coming to this week's episode. (laughs) I have so many fucking embarrassing dance stories. I've thought about doing a whole episode on embarrassing dance stories. Oh my gosh, I just want to tell you guys them all because they're so good. Uh, If or just like embarrassing stories in general, I think that I need to do an episode on it. But there's just so many good stories. I don't want to use them all in one episode. So I'll think on that. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the YouTube. I am been gaining so much love from Apple, Spotify, all of these platforms, but the YouTube is slacking a little. I know the camera quality is not the best, but I think that the visual along with what I'm saying kind of gets really gets to helps you get to know me better. And it's just like a cool little addition. So yeah, subscribe to the YouTube. Even if you don't plan to it, subscribe to it. It really helps me. Uh, You can find all my socials in the bio below. I hope you guys have the messiest week. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And give me any feedback if you have it. I'm thankful for all the love. And thank you for listening.